Welcome to Mere Utterance, the podcast where we explore small stories and the big impact they have on our lives. Welcome back to Mere Utterance and to our first episode for 2023. Uh, We've been on a bit of a sabbatical as life got kind of busy in the later half of 2022, Um, but we're kicking off the new year with a couple of reflections and we also thought that it would be a great time to finally introduce ourselves more formally. Uh, My voice is probably very familiar. I'm Jess and I'm the host and the content creator for Mere Utterance. What you might not be familiar with is the master behind the scenes, and that is my partner in crime and in life, Tara. Thanks, Jesse. And there's probably a reason why I'm behind the scenes. I'm definitely not as articulate as you are. Nonsense, you're very articulate. Um, so yeah, I'm Tara. I do all the editing and put together the website. I put up all the content when it's been post-produced and, um, and essentially just try to support Jesse along the way. Uh, occasionally I've been known to say fucking artists. <laughs> Um, in my attempt to direct Jess, which I probably should have learnt from early on, <laughs> not to do. I think I think we figured it out in the end, though. We've got the balance now, right? <laughs> we definitely have the balance. Oh, here's the thing, right? Is that I've wanted to do something like this for so long, and I'm and I was always like, oh, I'm, I'm really I'm down with all the content creation, but when it comes to the editing, it's just so hard. So I'm glad to, um, that you like, <laughs> which is great because I do not want to be interviewing people. <laughs> it balances out well. I love it. Um, so for this for this episode that we're going to do today, we thought that we would go through just sort of each interview that we've done with people not necessarily in um in order um and just sort of reflect on some of the themes that came through and how they impacted us so actually our, our first ever episode we sat down with Yiling and we talked about crossing cultures serendipity and learning how to discover and live in accordance with your values and this this for me was such a huge it was such a huge thing because Yiling to me is so like larger than life and really you know cool and knows knows her thing so I was so so nervous for that interview sitting down and we sat down at like a teeny tiny table and kept like bashing accidentally bashing it and bumping into it and like I look back and and meanwhile I'm gesturing like don't hit the table (laughs) calm down calm down um and it was so funny though because I think I remember like all of us were nervous right Kind of. Oh, I, w- I was probably less nervous because I liked being behind. I liked being <laughs> on the other side of the table, not behind the microphone. That's for sure. That's true. With Yiling and I, I think I, I probably can't speak for Yiling, but we were both like really nervous until about like the half an hour mark, and then after that, we just like I don't know if it was like the drinks that we were having or whether we just like <laughs> sunk into it. But we. That's right. We we did crack open a bottle of wine. Oh, we cracked open a bottle of wine, and then I also brought. Do you remember I brought that peanut butter whiskey? Yeah, that was so delicious. It was so good. I have to do that again. But also, I think which we cut this out of the original. But there was a moment where Yilling was halfway through talking about stoicism, <laughs> <laughs> and then in the background, like her partner sprayed deodorant. That's right. She you just like... hear. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm losing my shit. Glenn's in the background, doesn't realise that you can hear the spray from down the hall. It was so good. And in fact, I think we'll, I think we should play that clip. 
how do you cultivate joy in your everyday oh, life? That is such a good question. How do I cultivate joy? I am honestly still learning. I'm trying to read a lot of um, different books about how, how can I do that. And I think it started when I read this book about stoicism. Basically... Sorry. good but aside from like that being a really fun interview um I think that it was super in fact impactful for you and me right really impactful it was like something that I I mean I'd been wanting to make a podcast forever and you know I think I started listening to podcasts in 2015 and just you know every second sentence I think I said to people at one point was (laughs) I heard on this podcast that and I, yeah, I just, I love the format. I, you know, the, the, the idea of like interviewing people and gaining knowledge in, in a, um, oral way as opposed to reading. Cause I've never been a big reader. I just love that concept so much. So finally creating the first podcast episode and not having to be the interview for it myself, which is not really what I really wanted to do. I mean, I'd love to make it a podcast on science, but I, I'd really like the back end of producing this kind of thing. Mm. I think it was pretty amazing to actually be sitting down and interviewing, you know, being part of the process of interviewing somebody who was actually willing to be candid and authentic with us mm. and sitting there listening and, you know, yelling, I've known for a number of years, you know, and hearing all this stuff about herself that I had never learnt before it made me realize, you know, you can know people for years and still not know nearly as much as what makes them the whole person that they are. Yeah. And I think podcasting is interesting too, because I've been in the interviewer seat. There's like a, there's almost a distance between me and the the interviewee because I'm asking, they're answering. There seems to be a power imbalance, but it's funny because there's also a permitted closeness you know, because they've agreed to sit down and do the interview, I'm sort of permitted to ask questions that I wouldn't otherwise ask if I was their friend. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's actually, there we go. That's the moral of the story is just interview all your friends (laughs) and you'll get to know them all so much better. Um, But I don't know. I I think too, like the content of that interview was really important. Like I'd loved hearing about Yiling moving through life, kind of taking every opportunity as it, comes along and then everything kind of working out in the end or just making everything work out in the end provided that you live by your values right which was at the time I was starting my first year of teaching and was kind of in that existential dread spot where it was like what am I going to do with my life and (laughs) I'm still there (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile I was in a job that I had taken purely for the money after sort of having finished my PhD about a year and a half prior uh, and not having, still not having had a full-time job since finishing mm-hmm. and feeling as though, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to apply for a, a mortgage to get a house? How am I going to save mm-hmm. money if I'm constantly working in part-time jobs? 
Um, and you know, the, we are really in the gig economy. So I was in this, this full-time job that I'd taken for the pay and it was very much outside of my values. So listening to Yiling really drive home this, this idea about living in accordance with your values and that leads you to somewhere positive and good actually made me quit my job. <laughs> yeah, it was literally, I think I quit my job about four days later. I'd only been in it for about a month and I was starting to pick up the reins of how it worked, but I wasn't really enjoying the culture around the job and I pretty much walked away from that conversation with Yiling and decided mm, I'm not living in accordance with my values mm. <laughs> yeah and I think like the thing about that too that I found about that interview was that it kept popping up later on in the year as well like it'd be two or three months down the track and we'd be like, see, this is what we talked about with you, with you, Ling. And like, mm. this is what we would like quote her. We were quoting her all year. She was like, you can tiptoe through life and arrive at death, but what's the point? Why don't you dance around a little? Yeah. Sorry, we, say it again. You can tiptoe through life and arrive at death, but what's the point? Mm. Why don't you dance around a bit? <laughs> and that was the one I think that we were, we were talking about for forever and a day. Mm, what a quote. Yeah. And also like... I mean, I think the marriage of like philosophy and science was good as well. I've just, I'm just looking at this other quote now that she had, which was, we're all connected to each other. There's no divide. We're more similar than we are different, not just between human beings, but between all beings. Mm. And it was so nice. And I think like the more inebriated we got, the more like <laughs> philosophical it was. <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. I think it was set a benchmark for the oh. beginning of our podcast as being probably one of, I guess, the most memorable episode for being the first one, but it was a, a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. A really, really amazing way to set off the podcast and probably a little bit in some ways daunting um, because, you know, how, where do you go from there? Yeah. You know, starting um, at like a 10. <laughs> starting at a 10, yeah. And in fact, the next episode was so different, but equally so insightful. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we've seen from all of our guests. This is what highlights the mission of this podcast is that everybody's story is so individual, mm. but also worth telling. And they have so much insight in, in each of them. Mm. Listening to you talk with Max about being a first generation Australian, the fact that he was, you know, getting ready to get married and all of the complexities around family wants and needs in that process oh God, of getting yeah, married. Right. One thing he said, which really resonated with me was, you know, with family, you, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, that's right. And that certainly was something that sat with me, you know, families are complex, right? Like sometimes you really freaking hate them like they do things that are really annoying or inconsiderate um you know because the boundaries there can be quite blurred there's this expectation that family has to be in your life you know and, and so I think it allows for people to kind of be a little less considerate toward one another sometimes mm -hmm. uh, you know what's that saying it's like you always hurt the ones that you love yeah right that is um, the but you know that yeah Max what Max said, I thought, hit the nail on the head. It's like you take the good with the bad. You know, your family can be extraordinarily there for you in ways that other people aren't. Yeah. But they can also hurt you deeply in other ways that people can't. 
And so, you know, I think that resonated a lot with me mm. in terms of just ex- going, yeah, that like this is, this is part and parcel sometimes with family. Yeah. And it's, I think it's nice to know that like, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's, <laughs> but I'm going to, <laughs> but like, it's also nice to know that you're not in a bubble or you're not the only one who experiences that. Do you know what I mean? That like, there are so many, like most people at some point or another struggle with their family or try to balance expectations mm. of family and expectations of self. I actually really liked when move, like going on from that, adding on to that. I liked how Max was talking about, I don't know, or maybe it was just a theme that came up, but he just sort of resolutely was Max and just did his own thing. And, you know, yep, I'm hitting this age and I'm doing my own thing. And if I'm, you know, I'm going traveling and I'm going to do this job and like, see ya. Like I actually really liked that sort of dedication to just walking your own path in the way that feels authentic to you, which I think is really hard. And I think Yearling kind of conceptualized and a lot of like our other guests conceptualized, but Max really sort of just exemplified in just walking the walk, Mm. which was super encouraging and also super challenging at the same time because you know like I'm interviewing these people and then at some point pretty much in every single interview there hits a point where I'm like oh crap I need to work on this (laughs) you know what I mean like oh they're doing this thing that I'm struggling with or that I can really relate to and then like the onus is on me to actually take ownership of that and and do something do you know what I mean definitely yeah. Definitely. Talking about ownership, there, there is a lot of people in this podcast that we've interviewed who are very, you know, they're extraordinary. They're extraordinary oh people God, in absolutely. terms of what they've achieved and what they are aspiring to achieve. Ambition and purpose shines through in a lot of the people that we've spoken to. But I think what I loved about Max's purpose is that he just, he, he is living the kind of life that actually most people who are constantly doing mm. want to achieve. Mm. He's living, he lives within accordance of his values, which is a, you know, a simple life doing the things that he loves. Mm. I think like that whole take home point mm. about, you know, reveling in the simple things was really, really good, especially last year when I was just starting to get bogged down in the teaching monotony. Cause I think by the time we released, max's episode it must have been like july i want to say and so i'd done like half a year of teaching which i had never said that i would do full-time and then lo and behold i was doing full-time teaching and i was waking up and being like what am i doing honestly like what seriously what am i doing and i think wrestling with finding the simple joy in things really helped me to uncover i think the value that i bring to places as well So I think like last year, my like epiphany was that, you know, the value that I bring to places is holding space. And if I can go and simply hold space, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, at least in this particular context. So that was actually a really poignant reminder, poignant, but simple reminder, which I really, really needed. And I think sometimes simplicity speaks loudest. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I think it like kind of takes you out of your head because I'm, you know me, I'm like in my head and the wheels are going all the time. And sometimes it's just like, okay, just take a breath and just remember this. Let's just enjoy. Yeah. Let's just enjoy day to day the things that we love, because really that's the components that make up most of our life. Right. Like 
I think recently you wrote in your blog based off of Luke Stella's interview. So he was our last mm. of the year. Mm. We've just put his blog out and mm. something you said in your blog post on the reflection of that was failures are only lessons. Yeah. Achievements are just steps. Yeah. I've probably paraphrased something that a little to, bit something, wrong. Something, but, to that, something to that effect. Um, and I think that's something that resonated like through talking with Luke you know, he's somebody who's extremely driven. He's, he's, um, acts from a place of service. Mm. He, you know, he really cares deeply about, I think making the world a better place in, and in doing so, you know, doing that through, you know, witnessing, bearing witness to and alleviating suffering, Mm. I think was his main quote. Mm. Right. And he's extraordinarily driven, but he also touched on this idea of, you know, just calming the monkey mind Mm. and, like also having the simple things in life at the forefront of his mind, you know, so he's a very different person to Max and got a very different story, but there's sort of this, like this core idea within people that simple things are also really important. Mm. That's actually, that's so true. And that reminds me of another one of Luke's quotes that was like really, really similar, which was success to me is being content with the humble life. But at the same time, I have goals that I really want to achieve. If, if I stay present in those places, they take me to where I want to be, which I actually really liked. I mean, for, I mean, for both Luke and Max, it was sort of this theme of like being present where you are and being true to who yourself where you are. And that will eventually take you to where you want to go. And I do really like the wisdom of grounding yourself in your context, because I think then you can sort of lean into being present and also lean into being authentic which I forget to do all the time all I forget the all the time. time yeah um and that's definitely one of my new year's resolutions on top of the other 60 million of them that I've had <laughs> um <laughs> what well, is to yeah just to you, you know be really be count your blessings and be present in the small things and all the, like the large, yes, the larger achievements and context of what you, your purpose, you, you know, you've devised your purpose to be is important and, you know, warranted in each and every person, but certainly like having my eye on the very small things, like taking the dog for a walk in the morning, Mm. you know, um, taking time to cook, like slowing the pace down in the things that make up the majority of the small parts of your life so that you don't so well at least for me so that I don't get so fixated on you know the the big things that need to be achieved because particularly when you're an ambitious person um and I say ambitious lightly because ambition can be misconstrued well can passion can also be kind of ambition if you're really passionate about something, people can misconstrue and think you're really ambitious, mm. right? And in some ways you are, but it might be that you're extraordinarily passionate about something. Mm. Um, and when you're really passionate about something, you're you're emotionally invested in it to a point at which sometimes it can actually be detrimental mm. to your basic needs being met. You know, and so being present for the little things, your basic needs being met allows a really good baseline for you to achieve the things that you're passionate about and not get too caught up in those passions, which actually end up being detrimental to you in the long run. And I say that as somebody who, you know, has done a PhD. And I think a lot of people who do PhDs are really passionate about, uh, maybe not, you know, maybe everybody has a different motivation, but a lot of the people that I've met 
are really passionate about something to do with um, academic stimulation. They're interested in a topic, and it, it can really over, it can really overcome who you are, and your identity becomes part of the passion associated with doing that work, and all of your basic needs start to fall by the wayside. Um, and then, you know, you, you can burn yourself out. And so the reason you started in the first place can end up being overshadowed Mm. by the neglect that you have toward the little things, the simple things in life. It's so true. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love what you're saying. And I think that it, it's so true and it happens everywhere because you know, it happens if you're a mum, not that I know because I'm not a mum, but like <laughs> from what I understand, you know, when you have, I mean, if, if for like mums or career people, well, or both, because you can be a mum and a career person, um, or anybody who has to like dedicate their time to something, you can start to form your identity in that place instead of allowing the formation of your identity to come from within and then like the internal marker that or the internal touchstone of well these are my values or this is who I am gets projected outward and then you're relying on external gratification or external touchstones to find your sense of achievement or sense of self from and I think that that's where things get really confusing and hard do you know what I mean and I think that like something that I love about all of these conversations actually all of our guests have been um really really candid with us but I think that something that I really love is that they all practically live out what they're talking about and I think when it comes to being authentically yourself and nurturing who you are and also like nurturing your passions and meeting your needs I think it's really easy to talk about what you need to do and talk esoterically about, oh, well, in life you just need to da-da-da-da-da and you just need to... Like, it's really easy to talk the talk and have intellectual conversations about something but never actually... Do the work. Absolutely. Which actually makes me think of the conversation that we had with Bernie. I want to jump in before you say what you're about to say. I don't know what you're about to say, but before you say anything, Bernie's interview, when I look back on it, like and listen to it I'm like oh my god this was such a beautiful interview but when I was sitting down interviewing Bernie I I almost burst into tears because I was having such a um inferiority complex moment like I just and not because of not because of Bernie but I struggled that was the hardest interview for me I just struggled so hard because I just felt like I was failing and I have no idea why like maybe I clearly must have had something going on in my life I don't know what that was but there's something clearly going on in the background and I just remember asking questions and thinking like I'm not asking good enough questions like this is I'm gonna fail and I'm like gonna fail Bernie and I'm gonna fail Tara and I'm gonna fail everyone who's listening I'm meanwhile, failure meanwhile I'm sitting back I'm watching this conversation play out and I'm thinking wow like this is Bernie is being so vulnerable (laughs) and candid and honest in revealing parts of herself that a lot of people won't admit. She touched on this idea, like we go after all of these achievements, you know, doing an honours, for example, because that's what you do. 
You know, yeah. you, you go to university or you get good, you're a good student, you go to university, you get good grades. So next step obviously is honors. Mm. And she, along that journey realized, you know, actually what, what why am I doing this? Um, you know, and she had a really great quote as well. Oh, she had, she had a great quote. It was, it's hard to know what you want if you've skipped the question, what do you want? And you try to answer, what should you do? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That I think when she said that, and that was like three quarters of the way through the interview, my jaw kind of dropped. Yeah. I don't think anybody has ever in a, such a simple statement explained something that I think a lot of people put themselves through, which is, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And it's like, but why are you doing all of this stuff? Is it because your parents told you to do it? Is it because you think that's what the societal standard is? Is it because you're genuinely interested in it? Like, have you actually stopped to think about the reason behind your decision? And that is something that Bernie exemplifies. Absolutely. I also, like, really loved that, you know, towards the end of that interview, we started talking about um, Bernie's love story mm. um, and how she met her partner and pursued that and what that led to because I feel like that was such a good embodiment of this is my life and this is what I want. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not, we're no longer asking the questions of like, what should I do? We're asking what do I want out of life? And I really loved that. And I love anybody that's brave enough to stare into the face of the expansiveness of life and go, all right, what do I actually want out of this? And to do something that's countercultural. I'm not saying that Bernie was countercultural, but just like to do something that, you know, isn't potentially what your family expects of you, or your friends or what culture expects of you, but to really like look inwardly and go, this is what I want. This is where I need to go on my path. And deeply think about that. I mean, yeah. she, she like, you know, she really did deeply think of, about like, you know, well, why do, you know, what what are the ins and outs of of like being with this person i like them mm. but i'm going to think it through mm. and you know and be more considered mm. in making this decision for the good of the relationship mm. whether it come to fruition or not yeah and I, it's so like i mean a part of that i think resonates with my coming out story do you know what i mean like when i met you and was like oh I'm gonna need to come out now because this is my person that was a time where I had two options which was like to go in accordance with what was expected or what I you know thought I should do or to go in accordance with who I was and what I wanted um and who I was who I am do you know what I mean and like I I think once you know who you are if you don't act in accordance with that you're betraying yourself and I just can't I can't do that I've never been able to do that it's made me a an interesting nightmare <laughs> no yeah but you're my nightmare yeah <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast episode without That's some it. mush between us. that that is a good segue though to bring in Isabel I was gonna bring in Isabel too because what were you gonna bring her in oh, the latest thing well, I, I was going to talk about – we can talk about labels. I was going uh, to segue to she decided not to teach anymore because yes. it did not fit with her, uh, her philosophy around 
education and mm. what being a good teacher would actually be. Mm. But we can talk about labels first. <laughs> no, I like that. No, no, no. I think I think you're right. And like, I mean, I mean, that that sort of like fits into labels too. Do you know what I mean? Like, if she's an educator, but the practice of educating wasn't aligning with like who she was in terms of like how she identified herself as an educator, then power to her for being like, I can still have this label as being somebody who's a communicator and a scientist and an educator, but it, you know, I get to, de- to define the parameters around what that looks like. And I get to define how I do that and how that's manifested in my life, which is great. And I think that that does feed into the labels thing because you make your label your own and you make it look however you want to make it look. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like for me, I don't even know if teacher is a label that I would use, but best believe that when I call myself a teacher, it looks radically different to what somebody might expect a teacher to be. Or when I say I'm a writer, you know, I have my own meaning behind what that looks like. Or if I'm like, I'm queer, that has its own meaning as well. And I think that Isabel really touched on the importance of trying behind owning your label and also defining your label and that takes so much strength and self-awareness so much self-awareness it highlights for me how definitions really matter someone's definition of x Mm. could be i mean obviously there's the you know the (laughs) the oxford english dictionary (laughs) sure but in terms of identifying with a label it means different things to different people. I, you know, I've definitely had conversations with people who, um, or I've, I've had conversations with straight people about the word queer and their, their definition of it is, was different to what my definition of it was. We do create our own idea about what something is and other and even if we do create that definition for ourselves there's still going to be other people who create their own definition based on their own content text and experience you know depending on how rigid they want to be in terms of the dictionary meaning of something but you know the english language is always changing and evolving so it 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 is really important that we don't take on other people's labels mm. of us and that we do create our own labels of ourselves. Certainly something Isabel brought up, which I can resonate with, is at what point do I call myself a scientist? Mm. At what point from, you know, when I was doing my training as a PhD student or a graduate student, did I become a scientist? scientist. And in my mind, it was like, well, when I first published a journal article, mm. that was like my pivotal sort of delineation of like, I, I've actually now published something. So It's been peer-reviewed by my colleagues, so I feel confident enough that I can call myself a scientist. You know, there's no, there's no rules. Absolutely. And I think that like, that goes back to a quote from Isabel, which was labels change throughout our lives. We're always coming up with new labels because the old labels don't apply anymore. And I really love that because it kind of puts the onus on us to create our own Mm. as we grow and as we evolve. And you're not only like, defining what that label looks like for you but you're you know shifting with that and molding with that and making sure that you know you're identifying with something that's authentic to you which I really love so like power to the 
<laughs> tap power to the label makers and the label changers and the label definers. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Which actually, I'm going to segue into this actually just reminds me of dad because in our interview that we did with dad or Greg, <laughs> um, because he's somebody who, as a child, I remember being so quite stringently religious really and I've watched dad over the past 20 plus years just evolve massively in a personal way and in a spiritual way and really change and define what spirituality meant or means to him and I loved that interview with dad because it felt like touching base again do you know what I mean? Like, as in, you know, I've, you know, I've moved, I've been moved out of home for quite a while, but you know, in my sort of like mid to late teens, so many conversations were held with dad on, you know, our front porch, we'd have like something to drink and we'd just look out at nature and just, you know, talk shit about the universe and spirituality and everything in between. So that conversation was like, very reminiscent of parts of my childhood and my own spiritual formation but it was also reacquainting myself with dad and who dad is now as a person as opposed to this is my dad (laughs) do you know what I mean like the label that I've assigned to or the you know the role that I've assigned to dad and I think that like it's important that we allow people to change and we allow people to change their labels and we allow people to you know express themselves you know, in the way that is meaningful to them or in the way that is accurate to them. Multifaceted human beings. <laughs> Who knew? Thought? And we can be more than one label at, at the same time. Mm. Absolutely. Which I think definitely for me is something that I've come to be comfortable within because I think for a long time I, certainly in like my career, I wanted to be able to sort of call myself one thing and be known for just sort of one thing. Mm. But in reality, I think that's actually limiting mm. in some sense because, you know, as you say, as as you say, as Isabel pointed out, like labels change throughout life, we change. It's so important to stay open to this idea that we can be something different, that, you know, things, I mean... Things innovate and change. Mm. If we can't stay relevant, then it's only to our detriment at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think that, like, something that Dad talked on, I mean, like, the whole theme of that whole entire interview was, um, like, wisdom, intuition, and the heart space. And I think when you dwell in the heart space or you dwell from your heart, from that, that place of, like, inclusivity and interconnectedness, and you know growth I think that you know it it takes you through it takes you through change and takes you through evolving and you know we can call it staying relevant we can talk you know call it whatever it is but like I think that you can only really do that confidently when you're dwelling in a heart space or when you're really tapped into or grounded in who you are and who you want to be. And I definitely was dwelling in the heart space right at the end of his episode when he oh. started talking about Ange, your mum, <laughs> and how much he loved you. And I actually started crying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
was such a beautiful moment, you, like, tearing up with Dad because... Because, like, you're part of our family, do you know what I mean? And so, like, it was nice to have you there present for that interview to sort of bear witness to all my childhood and my dad and who he is and um, part of our family dynamic. It was really... it's it's. I think that podcasting and having these really candid conversations with people is a really beautiful way of preserving, you know, someone's essence in a way, in a snapshot in time. I think that what we've been cultivating, what we've been trying to cultivate at Mere Utterance is just a snapshot of somebody in a way that's true for them. And it's just an opportunity to meet somebody along the journey really, really honestly and openly and hey, this is who I am right now. Who are you right now? And it's seeing myself in the other. And that's beautiful. I think that that, that's been the biggest source of, you know, blessing and and gratitude. Like I feel so honoured to be able to have done that over the past year. All of this being said... (laughs) Um, we obviously going to be continuing with me utterance for 2023. Um, we're super excited to be releasing some, some interviews that we've already actually recorded. Um, and they're sitting waiting in the wings. So what you guys can expect from us this coming year is we're going to be releasing on the first of every month obviously starting from February, Uh, but we will be releasing on the first of every month. We may do an additional episode here and there, but we make no promises there because life is very busy and we're getting married this year and we're going on our honeymoon and it's all very exciting. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, anything else will just be a little bonus, but we do really invite you to please contact us um interact with us too on social media on instagram or facebook or wherever it is also please read our blog (laughs) or my blog um and and leave a comment um this community is something that we wanted to be a community um we would love for you guys to speak with one another and um just have open conversation with one another We know there are quite a few listeners out there who do contact us uh, individually, but, and that's, and that's so lovely. And we're so, so thankful for that. Um, Leave a comment so that other people can join in the conversation, but also just to wrap up this episode, we just wanted to say a massive thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's been a really beautiful experience and thank you for everybody who's tuned in, who's messaged us, who's reached out, who's uh, been an interviewee. This has been a really beautiful experience and thank you so much. And cut. And And cut. At Mere Utterance, we want to create a community of storytellers. And so we welcome you to visit our website, check out our blog, leave a comment or send us a message. We would love to hear your thoughts on this conversation and would love even more to hear some of your story. Thank you again for joining us. And remember, everyone has a story. You just need to ask the right questions.